can we call it? Can I just? Yep, it's my podcast. I'm just going to start a section called Kate's Annoyed. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles, and at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So, we're going to do it differently today. Today, we are dipping more into our listener letters, but also a Kate is annoyed section. And we're going to start with a listener letter because you probably have more tolerance to deal with that than my general malaise. Is that a good word? I like that word. My general frustration. Malaise frustration. I'm going to just keep saying it because it's not going to get better. Okay. Jamie from Fort Worth, Texas writes, hi, Jamie. Thanks for writing in. Quote, I have a story for you. I was in a chain restaurant this past weekend with my friends and we were waiting for a table. The host said it was going to be about a 15 minute wait. It was a Friday night, so we got it and we should wait for our names to be called. We agreed, went outside and waited. After about 20 or so minutes, we went back inside and a different host was at the host stand. When we asked about our table, this person said, how many minutes were you told? We said 15. How many minutes has it been? We said 20. Then this host said, I seriously doubt that. Go back outside. We thought he was joking, so we stood there. He then put his head down and went back to whatever it was he was doing, question mark. We kept waiting for him to look up or do something other than be rude, but he never looked up again. We went back outside, tried to decide if that really happened, and then tried to decide if we should leave or not. We decided to go, you decided a lot of things. We decided to go back in and speak with the manager, thinking maybe he was having a bad day, question mark. We went to the manager, and before my friend Dana could finish her story, this manager said, quote, I think we need to hear both sides, and then went and grabbed the same host. The rest seems fake, and I promise to God it's not. The rude host comes over and says as sweetly as possible, we have a table ready for you, the same one that we had before, but you said you did not want to be by the bathroom, so I wasn't sure what you wanted to do. Then you went back outside. The manager then looked over to us and said, and I promise again, this is true. Quote, if you refuse the table offered to you, we have to put you back into the rotation until a table that better matches your wishes opens up. End quote. We were literally speechless while Dana's head exploded. We all just silently left the restaurant. I know you have a lot of times when the customer is wrong, but can you tell me what we should have done in this situation? We are still so mad and don't know who to mention this to. Being Karens is something we're scared of, so help. Thanks for writing in, Jamie, in Fort Worth. Well, if this is, I mean, I I, I don't know what I would have done. I think I would have been with your friend Dana, and I think my head would have also definitely exploded. And I would agree with you that absolutely this was this was something going on at the host stand and some sort of I don't know if that's like a power play or power move or I don't know what you'd call that. But that is impressively aggressive and certainly not a way that I would have behaved or why I'd like to believe that I would not have behaved. I have to assume that host was having a terrible day, but listen, if we hold ourselves to the standard of we get to act however we're feeling, then I don't think anyone in customer service would ever be nice. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for just sucking it up while you're at work. And I, you know, the thing that tends to be really difficult to explain to people that don't work in customer service is that 
getting anyone who has kids knows getting asked the same question 612 times makes you want to, you know, scalp yourself because it can be really tough. And I worked a host stand, as you all know, at a very busy restaurant in Los Angeles. It was the Hard Rock at Universal City when that was the only Hard Rock in the area. And it was popping off when I worked there. And it would be really difficult managing all of those personalities of people who were hungry, which is when no one's their best, and also who at times, and I'm not kidding, were waiting two and a half hours for a table and were willing to do it. So yeah, we we got a lot of people that were really frustrated. And our policy was always overestimate so that when you come at them with, hey, it was only 10 minutes, not 20 they are so relieved and so happy that they go to the server and they're in the best mood and things. It kind of feels like they won the lottery. So granted, there were times when we told them two and a half hours and they waited two and a half hours, but you did your absolute best. That was part of the host flow was guesstimating how long it would take to get them to a table. And it's truly just a guess because you can't kick people out. So although now there are COVID limitations on tables, which... I will be discussing in the next section. (laughs) I mean, look, what I would say is he was absolutely wrong for talking to you like that. And he was definitely wrong for lying. And whilst I appreciate that manager's perspective of we need to hear both sides. First of all, shame on that manager for bringing the host over to you all to have some sort of explanation because who knows? I mean, it seems like this manager is kind of a nightmare. So whilst he was very wrong for behaving the way that he did, he being the host with you guys, I think truly that may have been an, oh, shit, I got caught. So now I have to backtrack. But also, if that manager were clever, there would have to have been a table open by the bathrooms. And... I would, I mean, since you said it's a chain restaurant, I would assume they had some sort of like electronic tablets to take your information. There's a way to be able to tell on flow charts, usually a restaurant flow chart, which tables are occupied and which are empty. And as a host, that's the, that becomes the other part of your job is marking available tables. And so if there wasn't a table available then by the restroom, it would be very easy to prove that he was lying. But who has that kind of energy and time? So listen, since it's a corporate chain, I mean, you could go to the higher ups of the corporation and explain, but I would try and frame it that the way the leadership handled it was not ideal and try not to, it's so tricky because with corporate stuff, it's so easy to get fired. And it sounds like that host has no business being a host. And it sounds like that manager also has no business being a manager. So it sounds like maybe neither of them want their jobs. Maybe they really hope you do call corporate. But clearly that restaurant will not see you all again, I would assume. I would not go back to a restaurant where that was the case unless they had the best, I don't know, mozzarella sticks on the planet. Although mozzarella sticks make me want to throw up everywhere. So let me think of something better. The best French fries on the planet. Then maybe, but I mean, they definitely lost. I don't know how big your group was. I would assume more than four people because you said it was a group of gals. And I mean, I don't know. I I feel like in this case, the most lasting impact you could have would be calling corporate and reporting the restaurant. Because if it's, you said it was a, how did you word it? You said it was a chain restaurant. So a chain restaurant's usually franchised out, you know, and if you call corporate, that's the largest bomb you could drop. You could call the 
GM, if that wasn't the GM that you interacted with about that situation. And if look, the situation as you presented it, this person was so unnecessarily rude, definitely owes you an apology. And then for lying, I think I would, like I said, I would have been like Dana, my head would have exploded because this is insane, especially because you work in customer service. And if you didn't approach the host stand rudely, if you literally said exactly what you said in the email, I don't understand how it would be possible for them to come at you so aggressively. And there should be consequences. I am not, as I've shared before, I'm not exclusively on the side of the employee because in a situation like this, this is disgusting. And this is why people get frustrated at customer service workers, because there is this faction of the population that doesn't know how to handle themselves when they are having a bad day or treats people like this. And so, yeah, the biggest bomb would be calling corporate. You also could go back to the restaurant and do passive aggressive shit like only getting waters and taking up a table. And then if the server asks you if you want anything else and why you're not ordering, you could just say, oh, because Bob at the host stand's a dick. I don't know. That would be like a kind of a ridiculous version of a sit-in. But you could absolutely do that. <laughs> and that would that would affect the server's bottom line, which is money. And, you know, if they tip out at the host stand, that would affect Bob's money as well. So the biggest way to vote is with your dollars and never going back there again is a way to vote with your dollars. Sharing this story. I wish you would have said what it was because I totally would have read the restaurant name. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really hard to keep these places afloat. I mean, it's certainly been hard with COVID, obviously, for the all the obvious reasons. But it's also really difficult now because there's a lot of customer service workers with big old chips on their shoulders, which I have noticed at the restaurants that I ate at. And so, I mean, you know, he may, there's no excuse for that behavior. There's none. And the ultimate somewhat Karen, but also there should, I believe in consequences for actions. So the ultimate Karen move would be to call the GM, but also Karen isn't a Karen move would be like my chicken tenders are cold. I'm getting everybody fired. I think we conflate this idea that because everyone's so scared of being accused of being a Karen, that we don't we don't then proceed with proper recourse when something like this happens because to be honest if i were the manager of that place and the host behaved like that it's certainly would be a write up if not an immediate fire but also from corporate it's really hard to become or to get immediately fired uh, fired although i don't know the employment laws in texas i know the employment laws in california which is an at will state but i don't know if texas is i would assume as much that texas is at will but if it's not, you as a boss have to be so particular with that. And really, even in an at-will state, you do have to have documentation of prior issues. But the fact that the manager kind of blindly sided with that host means somebody's being abused or they're sleeping together or that manager's had it or they just want there to be a sinking ship because sometimes, and I've experienced this too, sometimes employees at a particular restaurant are happy to watch it burn and they will do what they can to make sure that happens. So Bob saying what he said to you at the host stand is a very particular way to make sure that it all burns down. So yeah, I mean, corporate call, GM call, those are ways to make sure that 
the proper action is taken. And you can also always frame something like there was a time this server at this restaurant in San Diego added tips to we were there for a wedding rehearsal dinner and she added tips to everybody's checks, but it was subtle. It was like a dollar here, a dollar there. And I caught it because I'm insane. And I called and the owner was initially really annoyed with me. And he was like, oh man, he said, well, we've already filed away those receipts. I got to go back and look. And then called me a, like a week later and did a mea culpa and said, oh, we went back and looked at her receipts. She's been doing this since she was hired here three years ago. He didn't have to tell me that. And he did. And he said, you know, we're having a sit down with her tonight. He said, what would you like for us to do? And I said, I absolutely am not in the business of taking away someone's income. And I was like, you know, that's the, that's the move of somebody in a ton of fear. So however you want to handle it is how you should handle it. And he was like, oh, you should come back in, you know, we'll get you, we'll get you something to drink or something to eat when you come in. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm never going back there again. You've got to be out of your mind. But he, he called me in earnest. And so there is something to be said for that because she had a pattern of stealing from every single customer that walked in. And we were a party of like 30 people. And I wrote an email and I was like, y'all should check your receipts. And all of them were like, whoa, that's not the total I wrote. And most of them said, oh, I didn't keep my receipt, but I checked my balance or I checked on my computer anyway. And it was an amount I wouldn't normally tip. Blah, blah. So anyway, all of that to say, the manager that or the owner that called me was really kind and handled it well and asked what I wanted done. And so I would say in this situation as a, from a Karen perspective, you could say to them, I'm not looking to have anyone fired. I'm looking to have this addressed and just be, have you be made aware of the situation that is kind. And then it leaves the ball in their court. And the look, this is behavior that they need to, someone needs to be made aware of because I'm certain you weren't the last or the first table that that was done to. And, you know, it's a, it's a difficult position to be in as a business owner to know what the next steps would be. I, I don't think that they should ask you what you want done because that's also awkward, but you could just articulate you're not trying to get anybody fired. You're literally just passing on information. That's a great way to handle something like this. But no, I would be beyond. I would be beyond. And you were right to leave. And it's a bummer because situations like this can ruin a whole night out. And that sucks too because you were just trying to have some fun with your girlfriends and then Bob said a thing. <laughs> said a series of things and then lied. The lying is where I would have lit skin on fire. <laughs> like, I don't have a reasonable response to that. So, Jamie, thanks for writing in. I, you know, I would have been frustrated too. I hope that answers your questions. And in this case, no, the customer was right and the customer service employee was a dick. All right. Hope that answers it. Thanks, Jamie. The next thing, the next segment is not going to be a listener letter. It's going to be Kate is annoyed because I just got back from L.A. and I went out to eat a fair amount because there's a lot of outdoor seating and I was seeing a bunch of friends and it was a chaotic trip. What up, everybody? It was super fun. But I noticed a couple things happened and I wanted to share because they are frustrating things. The first is... And now this I actually understood. So this is just something to make you aware as you eat out in Southern California. There, a lot of restaurants are doing COVID limitations on tables. So they'll say you have a 90 minute 
uh, cap at this table. And when you hit 90 minutes, you will be expected to leave. We, me and my friend that were there at this one particular place, hit like right at the 90 mark because she was very thoughtful and she was paying attention. What up, Laurel? And she said, okay, you know, great, that, that hit 90, like, that's great. And I just kept thinking, what were they about to do if we got to 91? Were they going to send some muscly tattooed... Oh, I would have liked this actually. <laughs> Sending some human over to be like, all right, ladies, that's 90 minutes. Get up, get out. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that would have been handled. I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get to see it, but whatever. We were thoughtful. So that's one thing that's happening. The other thing that is super fun is there are COVID fees being attached to checks and they're calling it a COVID-19 surcharge. And that did not show up at this one particular restaurant that I'm thinking of. But this other fee that it was there pre-pandemic showed up. And it's this fee where they put a little note on the menu and they say, you can have this fee removed if you ask your server. They will take it off. But you know what the fee is? It's this like basically this plea to you that says we want health care for our back of the house employees. So this nominal fee will help support them get the health care that they all deserve. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm going to have that removed. No, you absolutely know that short of being a real piece of shit, no one's having that fee removed. So you put it on the menu. So you already worked us. We already feel like crap. And most people are not going to read that because they're not insane like I am. And then they're going to get their bill and they're going to see that it's only like three or four bucks. And they're like, I don't know what this is, whatever, because most people don't check receipts. And that money is going to allegedly be going to the back of the house for health care. You know what? There's not any sort of way to follow up on that and prove that the $4 that I just handed over to your business isn't going directly to the pockets of the owners and is rather going for the health care of the back of the house employees. I want the back of the house employees to have health care. I want everyone to have health care, full stop. But I certainly want the back of the house employees to get it because often they are not tipped out. Although I worked at a place where we had to tip the kitchen because the owner was terrible. But this is the thing. You're not going to be able to argue what it, there's some law term that it's a false premise or something, or you got to make sure you're arguing the argument and not the premise, or I'm messing this up and all the lawyers listening just drove off a cliff. But there's something about how you argue this. So I wouldn't argue that, like, I had to be sure not to argue the premise that back of the house workers don't deserve health care, or I don't want to participate in that. I do want to participate in that. You know who should actually want to participate in that? The employer, the business, the owners. And I recognize COVID-19 decimated my industry in entertainment. It decimated my supplemental income in hospitality. It really affected travel. It decimated a shitload of industries. I'm not suggesting that there isn't something that needs to be done. But that healthcare fee, alleged healthcare fee, existed from this particular restaurant and other restaurants in Los Angeles well before the pandemic. And it used to make me crazy because there was this really great diner that I would also, that I'm not going to name, that I would go to a lot because they had the best coffee and eggs on the planet. It was a great place to write. But I wouldn't stay there for two hours. I would be concise. But they also had this fee. And I desperately wanted to just look my head up from the counter and be like, yo, are you getting health care <laughs> to the guy making my eggs or the person making my eggs? But I never did because who does that? The same person that checks that is probably the same person getting the fee removed. God bless you for that level of chutzpah. I don't have it. But 
I was so annoyed because, and I'm still, I'm annoyed right now. I paid the goddamn fee. I paid it, but uh, I didn't want to because the odds that that actually is getting healthcare for the back of the house, I'm going to say less than 10%. That's how little faith I have in people. Now, there was an article I love referencing things that other people did that I don't have to do work for. There was an article in Today in the United States, and it was, it's been, this was back in February of this year, but it was talking about the COVID-19 surcharge, and it tried to address why restaurants are adding them. And they, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fluff of, you know, the pandemic's taking a toll on businesses, blah, blah, blah. And it's trying to present it as if it's just it's just a 5% fee. It's not that much. And then they quote the National Restaurant Association. And they say that in the article, they talk about how these new safety measures that they are allegedly providing for their employees are costing on average $10,000 per business or per restaurant in this case. And so they're they're asking for what are being called, quote, recovery fees by these COVID-19 surcharges. And they're saying that they're helping small businesses stay afloat. Well, I get it. And I didn't, you know, I didn't see the recovery fee on at the coffee bean or Starbucks tabs. So I guess it's for small businesses, I guess. But it feels like it's just another hand in the pocket. And it feels like it's just this weird, like it can be, five bucks a bill. I mean, I don't know. It says 5%. So I don't know what that ends up being if it's on the sale or whatever. But there's a quote in here, which I agree from what's being called industry or who's being called an industry analyst. His name is Ted Rossman. And he says, quote, this is upsetting a lot of customers who may be struggling with their own finances. They may feel caught by surprise. They're feeling nickel and dimed. And he then went on to say, I know that it's not taken lightly, but I think that it sits better with the consumer uh, by implementing, by raising prices is what he was responding to as opposed to a COVID-19 surcharge. He said, a lot of us don't remember exactly how much it cost the last time we got our hair cut or our teeth cleaned or when we ate out at a restaurant. When you put it on a receipt in black and white and it says, quote, COVID surcharge, that's what gets people upset. Now, I don't necessarily agree (laughs) with the idea. I know that there's supply chain issues. I know that people are trying to bounce back, blah, blah, blah. I also know a lot of small restaurants got the PPP loan, but whatever. I So I understand, right? And I don't want us to be just a nation of Starbucks on every corner and, you know, whatever other chain just because corporations are the only thing that can stay afloat. That will be really sad. And it happens in neighborhoods that get gentrified. You see the same five you know, places for salad, coffee, water, whatever. And that sucks. And places lose their culture. It's happening in the part of LA that I stayed in this, you know, this past time. And it's a real big bummer. And you, you'll notice it when you travel overseas, you're like, I don't want to see a Starbucks or a McDonald's in Malaysia. I want to eat what locals eat. Anyway, that's a separate thing. So in regards to the COVID surcharge, the difficulty is the lack of transparency, in my opinion. And not knowing that it's going to be there until after you get the bill. And also, when I was at LAX, I bought a hat because I was like, oh, no, when am I going to be in LA again? I want I need yet another Dodger cap. And so I bought it because it was, you know, it was like, oh, it's 24 bucks. Great. And then all told, I paid almost 29 for it. And I looked at my receipt and I was like, what the hell? There was a dollar 75 wellness LAX wellness surcharge on there. 
And my frustration is, okay, so we implement all of these COVID fees. At what point do, do we collectively decide, okay, we've recouped this farcical amount of money that we have just decided we need. Now, some some places are actually going to need it. I get that. But we've recuperated this amount or whatever. So now it's enough. Well, I got my teeth cleaned three times in Ohio whilst I was living here and during the pandemic. And there was a fee on every single time. Well, if you do the math on regular teeth cleanings, that's a year and a half's worth of teeth cleanings. Hmm. So the fees are sticking around, but y'all were open that whole time. Hmm. Okay. I'm not tracking. And that's what happens with these sneaky little fees is that we don't end up being able to distinguish. Now, wait a minute. Okay, the COVID-19 disaster started this time and then it lasted this long and you were up in them. No one's doing that math. We're all so tapped out. Everybody's burnt out. No one's no one's doing your business's math for you. Or if they are, they're just sitting enraged and it's only one out of every 500 people or whatever. So you can have some of the fees removed, I'm sure. I'm sure if you complained enough, sure. And PPP stuff does cost more for sure. Gloves and masks and all of that. I get all of that. But it's kind of like, where does it end? And that's where it's frustrating when the, the sneaky fee at that one restaurant of like, this is getting the back of the house healthcare. Is it? Is it? And it's that frustration of wanting transparency, but it makes you sound like a loony person if you're like, I need to see your books. Show me your numbers. Is this matching up? It's like, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I mean, and if you do show me your books and it does match up and I wasted all that time, then I'm the real asshole and you're going to feel smug and nobody wants that. <laughs> but I don't know what the solution is, but I can just tell you that start checking your receipts and you're going to start seeing these sneaky little fees. And as someone who's you know, supplemental income came from hospitality for the greater part of my professional career as I pursued entertainment and as I pursue it. I am not denigrating the fact that I'm, or I'm not trying to speak outside of being grateful for having had that work and for potentially having it in the future. I, I am deeply grateful for that. But the system has to change, as I say, every day on the podcast. Sick of hearing it yet? Good, you're gonna hear it more. But also these sneaky little fees these sneaky little fees. I just don't know. I don't know. It just, it is going to be interesting to see how, how this goes going forward and how much longer we're all going to just be like, okay, I don't care. I'll just pay it or whatever. And they, there's a place, there's a restaurant that gets, um, that is referenced in this article that is Kiko Japanese Takeout and Sushi, Sushi Lounge, which is the longest name ever for a business. But they were aggressively transparent about this fee. And at the top of their, at the top of the sign, it says, please read, don't ignore me. And it says there will, we are not trying to be sneaky with this surcharge. Our hand tight on this. We are at the last second bottom of the supply chains before you. We assure you that our prices of meat, seafood, poultry, and produce are back to normal. We, When they are back to normal, we plan to take the surcharge off. So they're basically being transparent about what that 5% surcharge is going to. And that's great. And I hope that that's actually true. And I hope that that remains true as far as, you know, as long as they need it, they charge it. And when they don't, they won't. <sighs> 
But I don't know. People are greedy and terrible. <laughs> so I hope that this is not the new normal. But I can just tell you that it was very frustrating. And the, and the fact that I didn't know ahead of time made me whine. And I'm just whining in this segment. There's no solution. But if y'all have a solution or if y'all have seen these, please send us your receipts. Literally send us a picture of your receipts at servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We will feature them on our Instagram and we will mention you in a future episode. And if you have stories of these fees or maybe if you have a better understanding of them than I do, or maybe if you did more research than like, uh, I only read like five articles on it. I got bored and didn't read that much more. Unlike previous episodes, I did not research this very hard. And also, I just based it a lot on personal experience. But if you know more, please feel free to correct me. Email email the podcast at servicemailpodcast at gmail.com. And we will let you know if we're going to read your suggestion or your story on air. And yeah, if you but if you have any insight into this, I'm open to hearing it. I'm sure the listeners are also open to hearing it. And listen, I'm willing to be wrong in this situation. I also just really hope really hope that when it is time to get rid of this fee or these many weird fees that they do go away. And I also really hope that all of these healthcare surcharges that I have paid because I'm too chicken shit to ask to have them removed and because I want there to be healthcare for the back of the house. I really hope that that has led to healthcare for the back of the house because if it hasn't, I'm going to talk about it in my podcast and not talk to you directly because who does that? (laughs) I hope someone does. I actually hope someone does because I'm too chicken shit to do it. Doesn't mean that other people shouldn't be like, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, everyone's scared to be a Karen and that's just where we're at. But yeah, I just feel like we'll see. We'll see. But everybody's right on that edge. (laughs) Everybody is right up to it. So just be kind to everybody and see the human in them because you got human in you. All right. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Bye.